Welcome to the Intentional Encourager podcast, where each episode brings you compelling conversations and stories designed to entertain, enlighten, and encourage. And now here's your host, Brian Sexton. And welcome to a special edition of the Intentional Encourager podcast. It's our People Buy from People series. Thank you for joining us again today. And this series is designed to, to highlight my new book, People Buy from People. And I wanted to have the people that, that were my friends and endorsed the book. And so chapter one is on consistency. And there's no better guy that I could think of to talk about consistency. He is the host of the Good Advice podcast. You can also, I would encourage you to subscribe to his newsletter. It's the Good Advice newsletter. There is so much stuff in there that's so good every week, and you can find him there. Um, follow him on LinkedIn at Blake Bins, B-I-N-N-S. And also, he was on the second episode of the Intentional Encourager podcast. And what fitting way and time to bring him back for this conversation. Blake Bins joins me today on this special Intentional Encourager podcast episode, the People Buy From People series. Blake Man, thank you for being a part of this. Brian, thanks for having me, man. It's such a pleasure to be back on your show. And absolutely, I was thrilled to endorse the book. Uh, I've read the book. It is wonderful. So many great concepts. And absolutely, I'm so appreciative of having been on your second episode. You know what they said in grade school, second is the best. And so naturally, I'm very proud of that episode. And uh, just being able to support what you're doing, man. It's incredible stuff. People need to hear it. It was, it was so fitting that we had you on episode two because, and I, I've told people and I've shared this, when we were getting the podcast launched, you were such an integral part of your, your advice, your counsel. You just, you were literally the epitome of good advice. I mean, I would call you and say, hey, what about this? Or how would you do this? And man, you were just always so gracious and giving to just say, Hey, think about this, or, you know, you might want to think about this or, or that. And you were just so impactful in helping us. We wouldn't be at over a hundred episodes released right now, had it not been for you and, and Jason Romano and other guys like that. And Jason will be on in a later episode, but again, man, you were such an integral part of this thing. I could not have you a part of the book. And so what, you know, what your endorsement was, and, and let's go here for just a second. We're going to talk about consistency. Do you find yourself struggling to consistently give good advice or as you've gone along in the journey, has it become easier for you to tap into to strengths that you've developed over the last two or three years around the good advice podcast and the newsletter? Yeah, that's a great question. And, you know, leaning into another chapter of your book that talks about humility, uh, I don't know if I would just like immediately answer with like, oh, I'm just amazing at all this stuff. It's so easy, but... Well, I'm going to say it. You are amazing <laughs> at it. Listen, and, and I meant what I said, and I don't mean to interrupt your answer, but your newsletter, anybody can read it. I don't care if you're if you're the CEO of a multi-billion dollar business or something that you can get from your newsletter. And what I love most about it is 
is that you have something in there for just about everybody that reads it. It's beautiful how you put that together because I get newsletters and I'll kind of skim through it. I don't skim through yours. I just, I, I read it top to bottom because there's something there that I, there's always something there that I can pick up on. Well, I mean, I, I think I would say that when it comes to, so, so to give your listeners a little bit more context, I run a, I run a business coaching company called Good Advice. And the way the business name came about was I was working as an executive coach for a consulting company and it felt like we were making the answer to the problem way too complicated. So like, for example, someone might have their entire staff quit. And so they're coming to us saying like, what do I do? How do I solve this problem? And I remember like hearing someone say something like this and I'd be like, well, have you tried just not being such a bad boss? <laughs> you know, I mean, you can't really say it that way, but that's kind of what I was thinking was you're, you're not really an effective boss if everyone's quitting, right? And so the whole premise of the newsletter, the whole premise of the business was, um, I don't know, how necessarily talented I've always been on these topics, but it's, I talk about what makes sense to me. So like whenever I do a social media post, whenever I get behind the microphone and I'm doing a podcast episode, it, it is actually really easy for me to talk about these things because they, they make sense to me. And I've also never really been much of a political person. And so I, I think I don't have much of these like lenses that sort of shape how like I guess talking points, so to speak. Yeah. So for example, when we talk about like wages, like what do you pay your people? In my mind, I'm not going through this lens of like, um, minimum wage and government and all this stuff. I'm thinking, okay, people go where they're valued. That's the basic concept. So then what's the answer as a business owner for attracting and retaining talent? And so then I jump on a microphone, I talk about it. And uh, yeah, it's been pretty incredible. People like yourself who've responded have been like, hey, this just makes sense. This just clicks. It's really easy to understand. And that's that's my goal. I don't, I don't want any fluff in my business. I just want I just want the good advice, man. So- how, how, let's talk about consistency in business for just a minute, because you continue to spotlight businesses that are consistently delivering great value. You, you, you talked about businesses in the Northwest Arkansas area where you are that just consistently deliver that experience. So let's, let's talk a little bit as we're recording this in the midst of COVID-19, where have you seen consistency heightened and where have you seen it kind of drop off the table? Because again, you say, well, okay, well, everybody's got to do business differently because of protocols and CDC guidelines, but consistency in my mind is uniform, no matter what the situation, we could be in a global pandemic. And if your business, you know, if you were doing it consistently well before then you kind of figured out how to do it consistently after that. If you were consistently underperforming, then this may have been the thing that took you out or something like, did I ask, did I ask that question well enough to, to yeah, answer? Yeah, yeah, well, you know, I mean, we have to kind of explore what consistency means because I think everyone has a different perception of what consistency is. Like, is, is consistency, you know, is it a number in terms of like weekly cash flow? Is it a number in terms of like the number of customers you have? Is consistency the number of buyers you have? Is from a customer perspective, do I get the same product? I mean, if I go and I buy you know, Hellman's mayonnaise, who's, you know, they're not, they're not promoting this episode, but if I go buy mayonnaise, and I'm it, not a Mayo <laughs> fan, man. You know, if, if, yeah, I would take their money. I mean, I, I'm naturally, yeah. I'm, I'm a little biased because I just had it yesterday. And so I'm on a, I'm on listen, a, if Hellman's Hellman's, kick. listen, I make you a solemn promise, my friend, 
if Hellman's decides to sponsor that the the intentional encourager podcast with some kind of monetary value, I will split it with you. Hey, I will. I'm I will send an offering. I will send done. an offering to Northwest Arkansas. In, well, in, <laughs> well, getting back to the question though, yeah. understanding what consistency means, I, I think you know obviously you can get into like the minutia of like you know am I being consistent? Am I not being consistent? What I think of, especially going back to your original question of like the pandemic. The way we know businesses are being consistent or they're being inconsistent is it's less about the pandemic and more about the fact that there is an intense stressor on their brand. And that can be anything. It doesn't have to be a global pandemic. It can be literally anything, even as simple as a new competitor has entered your market in your area and now your, your bottom line is being threatened. I think the magic and consistency is what you say you value as a business, as a brand, as a boss, and what you actually value that is the measure of consistency when we face challenges of any kind. So like, for example, I may say something like, you know, man, my employees here really matter to me. They're number one. We cannot do it without them. COVID comes along and now am I especially conscious of some of the challenges that they're going through? Do I have an employee who has been a bit disengaged and you come to find out maybe her dad is in the hospital with COVID? So how do I show up for that person? Uh, going back to your original question, companies who've done this really well, I think of Onyx Coffee, which I'm I'm drinking their coffee right now. It's super delicious. You Onyx are coffee. a fan of Onyx. I, I have seen you and you I have had conversations. Yeah, you've had a com. We know, we've had conversations. Well, so so yeah. let me let me tell you why I value Onyx, and maybe it's a little bit different than what some people might say. First of all, the coffee is consistently good. It's consistently delicious and it's high quality. And I've, I don't think I've ever had a bad cup of coffee from them. But the reason I promote them from the concept of consistency is a friend of mine who worked there who had, they discovered a brain tumor. She had to get an emergency life flighted to another city where they had to remove the tumor. She had a very long recovery process. And the owner of Onyx, who was her boss, basically saying, hey, take as long as you need. Your job is here whenever you want to come back and, and creating this space and, and comfort for her rather than you've seen the headlines of bosses where the person has to be out for six weeks and they get fired. They lose their job. It's like, Hey, sorry, we had to keep moving forward. To me, that's a company that doesn't just say they value their employees, but they're conscious of this person's going through a life altering situation. And I, I want to know how I show up for that person. That's the power of consistency. It's yeah. like, it's like, if I want to show up for my customers every single day, well, do I do that just as well on a day when a customer rips me or is frustrating or pulls, you know, pulls on me in a way that I'm not expected to handle like that's the magic of consistency it's it's i think it's less like this whole concept of um you know does every product look as identical to the one before it or what have you i love that what you said there let's step aside take a quick break we come back something that blake has talked about in his newsletter that i want to get his take on around consistency and that is the minimum wage talk around the $15 an hour minimum wage, how that might affect consistency in business, because I, I think it's an interesting discussion and he has such a great take on it. Let's come back here in just a moment on the intentional encourager podcast.
Hey, everybody, Brian Sexton here. I want to tell you about our sponsor, SEO National. SEO stands for Search Engine Optimization. Now, what's that, you might say? Well, Search Engine Optimization helps you show up higher on search engines in front of paying customers for words that you as a business owner can monetize. What a great concept. SEO National is owned by my good buddy, Damon Burton, who's been a guest here on the Intentional Encourager podcast. Not only has Damon and his team worked with businesses of all sizes, from e-commerce startups to NBA teams and Shark Tank featured businesses, but more importantly, Damon and his team are about transparency, trust, and providing lifetime value. So much so that he still has his first customers after opening SEO National 14 years ago. Let me give you some intentional encouragement and call Damon and his team today at 855-736-6285 or go to www.seonational.com and get a free quote. Blake, you've been talking about, we talk about consistency and, and I love what you said there about customers and you know um you know depending on how the customer reacts how our consistency is and and things like that you have talked about the, the and i want to bring this up you've talked about the the 15 minimum wage and that's been a, a hot button topic in in our news cycle and things like that and and a lot of businesses have said it will affect our consistency in the way we deliver to market if we have to increase our labor costs or this will affect our, and then the other side says, well, wait a minute. If you pay your workers more, you're going to get consistent production. You're going to get, you're going to get consistently higher output because your employees, you're not going to lose them to other companies and, and things like that. And it's mostly been in the service industry sector that they've had this conversation. I love your approach and your take about it because you had an instance where someone approached you. If you don't mind sharing that discussion, around them approaching you and saying, but I can't afford to consistently pay my employees this. Take us through that conversation because it's, it's, it's beautiful and it's an il a great illustration of what we're talking about. Yeah, and I'll, I'll just say that uh, what I will say is my perception when I talk about a topic, it's coming from like a combination of, of, of tons of business owners that I've had this conversation with. So I'm not, I'm not, and that's the kind of the whole premise of the business. Good advice is it's literally based on the actual tangible conversations, not something that came out of a book somewhere. Well, so one of these conversations was with a business owner who we were talking about minimum wage and she was running basically a pet store or maybe she was a veterinarian. I, I can't remember. It was a couple of years ago. And she said, Hey, I need advice on how to pay my employees less than minimum wage. And it, it took me back for a second because I, I thought I misheard her. And I said, okay, yes, yeah, so you're trying to find ways to raise their pay because there's all this great data out there on uh, retaining talent and how your best talent will go to the other job that's even paying a dollar more. And so there's all this great uh, there's all this great information on on basically the cost of keeping an employee versus replacing an employee. And so she says, no, 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 I, 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 I you heard me incorrectly. I want to know how to pay them less than minimum wage. And so I hear this and I, I, I think I'm confused. And so I'm thinking, you, you must be confused. This doesn't make sense. You can't pay less than minimum wage. That's why it's called minimum wage. And she says, well, yeah, I know this stuff's really complicated and convoluted. I'm sure there's like a loophole somewhere or like special circumstance where I could get away with paying less than minimum wage. And I, I paused and I thought, well, 
why would you want to pay less than minimum wage? And our answer was really interesting. And it's, I think it's what feeds into this whole dialogue on what should the minimum wage be? She said, I can't afford to pay them more. And a lot of times in business, what happens is it, it's hard to look in front of the mirror and recognize that my business is dysfunctional because of me. Like I'm constantly thinking about for my own business. Okay. I didn't, I didn't go that route. I didn't make that happen. I didn't get that customer that I wanted and I can very easily blame other circumstances for it. Or I can get in front of a mirror and say, okay, this happened because I did not show up. Well, so what I told her was I said, respectfully, if you cannot make it, even paying minimum wage to your people, your business is broken. And that's up yeah. to you to fix, not your employees. And so I, I think when we get on this conversation on, on minimum wage, should it be 15? Should it be something? I have two thoughts. One, I think it absolutely needs to be higher than what it is today. Uh, a minimum wage worker working full-time makes something like $16,000 a year, which is, it's, it's so, when we talk about people showing up every day, being able to perform to their fullest extent, uh, that is such a small, minuscule amount of money. Uh, again, in, in today's day and age, it's incredible. Let me jump in here real quick. You're, you're hitting on something. I want to talk to the salespeople a minute and, and sales leaders that may be listening to this conversation. I worked role, I worked in sales and worked full commission sales jobs. And I had a sales leader years ago and I love him dearly. He was a dear friend of our family, but he was the vice president of the company that I worked for. And he said, I want my sales guys to be hungry. And there were times that we were, I mean, yeah, we were, you know, it was like, you know, as Dave Ramsey says, rice and beans and beans and rice. And I never understood that because I saw the other side to full commission salespeople when I managed them that they were willing just to, to do just about anything, even go to the line of ethically or not ethically to get that commission so that they could raise their paycheck. And I thought, well, that's not, that's not right either. So what you're saying is a hundred percent right because when people don't feel like they're making what they should be making or making what they're producing, they're going to do things that are going to compromise your business. They're going to do things that, that you may have an ethical problem as a business owner with. And so I had to jump in there because you're hitting on something really profound is that your business model is broken. And I had a conversation with a guy and he said, well, you know, full commission is, you know, it, it, it keeps you producing. And I was like, yeah, but it also does this. It also mm -hmm. goes the other way. And, it, and I've told people and given them, my own good advice, I said, look, if you're going to work for a company and they want you to front the expenses and they'll get, you'll get reimbursed, that's a problem. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Any company that you have to front their legitimate business expenses to do is probably not a company that you want to, because on the back end, mm -hmm. they're going to go, well, yeah, there was a problem. The, the commission report didn't print right or this or that. So we can't pay you what we thought we were going to pay you. And, you know, again, Blake, it's a great point what you're talking about, the brokenness of business. How often do you see owners consistently looking in the mirror at their own business? Close to never. <laughs> Close to never. I mean, I, I've, I've had And I didn't people... mean to hijack where you were going. I, no, I just, no, I yeah. mean, well, I mean, and it, it's, they're connected because, because think about this. 
you, you mentioned yourself, a business that they cause their employees to front expenses of just like the cost of doing business. That's ultimately what I'm talking about here. I'm not, I'm not talking about um, the people who legitimately want their employees to stick around, who legitimately want to do well by their employees. We're talking about businesses who they don't understand that your people are just as important as your buyers uh, internal to the company. And the more you invest in them, actually, the more money you will save long term. And so when we talk about this concept of pay, we're understanding that this person who's worked for me for, you know, two years at $13 an hour, and then Amazon comes around and they raise the Whole Foods hourly rate to $15 an hour, or I just did a, in my newsletter, I mentioned how Costco raised their minimum wage to $16 an hour. Well, that $13 employee is now thinking, okay, how much is it worth it for me to stick around here? And that's, that's not, I think business owners who don't look in the mirror well, what happens is it's ego and it's pride. And they say, well, this person, I've, I've paid them for two years now. They owe me their future. If, if they go somewhere else, they're greedy, they're selfish. It's like the person, for example, I, I, I talked to a person who was villainized because she was promised something like a $4,000 bonus and she didn't get it. And when she brought it up, it was, it was flipped on her as, you know, you're not, you don't really care about the business, I guess. You must not really be invested here. We don't like to admit this, but this is actually really slimy when it comes to doing business. Yeah. You, you have to take care of your people because at the end of the day, if you've done that well and you legitimately cannot raise an hourly wa uh, wage from 13 to 15, but you've done well for that employee, they will take less money to work for you because of what you've done for them, how you've shown up for them. People who aren't going to stick around are the ones who are constantly getting, uh, basically their bottom, their, their bottom line is getting constantly attacked by their employer. And it's, oh, I can't even pay you minimum wage, sorry. Uh, and yet that owner a lot of times is making plenty of money themselves. And, and I don't mean this in the sense of like a corporate greed example. It's kind of like what I talked about in my newsletter today. I had a friend of mine working for a business where the owner of the business got in front of everyone and said, hey, guys, incredible job this year. We made more money than ever before in the history of our company. And we're going to be cutting your pay because we're bankrupt. Mm. And so you hear that in a team meeting and it's confusing because you're like, well, wait, hang on. It, literally, the company has it, it did something like 20% more sales that year. And yet people are now losing money out of their paycheck that is that is basically an employee who's getting punished because of the owner's own mismanagement of the business and so it's crucial to get in front of a mirror and recognize this is my fault why people aren't sticking around or why they aren't getting the results uh, not even related to pay why are my employees not getting the results that i want them to get well, it's, here's it's, here's the thing too blake and, and there's a couple ways we we can go with that and i, I love the the tease there on the, on the newsletter. So again, another great reason to subscribe to the newsletter, but I can, I, I was having a flashback as you were talking about that. I worked for a family owned company. This was gosh, it was 16. Yeah. It was 16 years ago. Cause I left in 05, the beginning of 05. They, they, they told us, they said, we're going to, we're going to cut everybody's pay. We lost a, a big um, client and we're going to cut everybody's pay. But what we found out was that some members of the family, their pay didn't get touched. The, some of the members of the family were still keeping their same pay and benefits. 
and things like that. It was the rest of us. And it, I, I didn't stay long after that because there were some other things that were happening. But here's what people fail to realize. When you pay your people more money and they stay, that, that, that does two things. Number one, it takes the pressure off of management at that particular Costco because now they're not having to hire and replace and retrain people that took off for that 16 bucks an hour somewhere else. Now they're the, now they're the standard bearer. So guess what happens to your point? Those companies that have the $13 an hour worker, guess where they're applying. And so now the Costco guy, when he does have an opening, he goes, I got a hundred applications here. I can literally choose the best person to fill this spot. And you consistently deliver a great customer experience time and again because your stability is so much better than your competitors because your people are happy. They're like, yeah, they took care of me. And, and it's a drop in the bucket for a company like Costco. Mm -hmm. That three bucks an hour, they're going to get it back in spades. Well, from, I, I in think, their experience. I and we that, don't have a Costco in West Virginia. So, I mean, we, you know, we, I, I don't know. I mean, you know, I guess it, I, I've been in a Costco once and I went and got pizza at a Costco because well, I heard their pizza. It, was really I good. joke about it being like Chick-fil-A. It's like anytime it's mentioned, people who love Costco, <laughs> you, you don't even ask the question. They're like, oh, I love Costco. You're like, I didn't See, even, we have two Chick-fil-A's literally within less than a mile of each other, but zero Costco. So. so, but let me ask you this. When's the last time, when's the last time you went by a Chick-fil-A and the drive-thru was empty? Probably oh my never. goodness. Probably never. Uh, probably and when they first opened the doors and then people <laughs> are like, but we, hey Blake, we have a Chick-fil-A. We have a Chick-fil-A and, and I'm not kidding about this. So the guy, our local Chick-fil-A franchisee was in our mall for years, forever. And beautifully did beautifully well. There was a piece of property. Literally you could drive a golf ball up to Walmart and they built a freestanding location. You would think they would close that one in the mall and, and keep, no, they're both busy. And the one on the hill, they are lined down the hill to Hobby Lobby to get into that Chick-fil-A. It's well, incredible. It's great. It's, it's the most unbelievable thing I've ever seen. Here's what's interesting though. And, and I, I love Chick-fil-A. It's delicious, but the, you open your Chick-fil-A sandwich. It's it's a chicken sandwich at the end of the day. It's it's not the most incredible thing you've ever had. Now, it is delicious, but you go to Chick-fil-A because you have a consistent experience at it. Think about this. The last time you were there, you said, thank you. What do they always answer with? My pleasure. You know, and you have the people yeah. who are so happy and it's, it's just different. It's different from another fast food place that I walked into and the person said nothing to me. And I walked up and I said, hi, how are you? I'm, I feel like I'm being the, the customer service person. And I say, hey, how are you? And the person just shrugged at me. That, that is the difference of experience. You almost wish people would just be honest. And when you go, how are you? And they would go, I'm miserable. How are Some, you? Here's the deal. Some people are though. You, I, I was at a drive-thru. <laughs> I was at a drive-thru with my wife. We were getting a cup of coffee and I asked the person, cause I just, I just always try to be polite. And I said, Hey, uh, and the person was outside and it was a little chilly. And I said, I said, Hey, thanks for being outside today. I really appreciate it. How are you doing today? And he goes, well, I'm here. And he just shrugged his shoulders. Yep. And I was like, yeah. And he was like, you know, it's a job. 
I mean, he said, I mean, think about what your customers are getting either directly or indirectly from your, from your employees. And that, that experience is going to come back via what I then invest in my employees. See, it's not, it's not this like far-fetched concept. It's understanding that your frontline staff, they're going to do the best marketing. They're going to do more marketing for your business than any advertising campaign can do, but you have to invest in them. And it, this doesn't mean like you're willy nilly, just, just throwing money at them. A lot of times I encourage businesses to tie it to certain outcomes to especially like bonus structures, things like that. But if I'm an employee in your business, if you are not taking care of me financially, uh, really my only allegiance to you, so to speak, is it's about as far as, or about as, as long as it takes me to find that next company that's going to pay me more. And that's, that's just the bottom line. It just well, is how it is. Blake, you, you, and I want to go here real quick and we'll take another break, but you mentioned something really important. You said that guy, that person told you, well, it's a job. Think about how many people in Northwest Arkansas, where you live, that their, their businesses shut down restaurants, bars, and I'm not an advocate of bars. I don't drink, but Again, the service industry being so negatively impacted, the local restaurants being negatively impacted. Think about people in California that were begging to go to work. Like, we want to go back to work. We need to go back to work. And you had people going, yeah, it's a job. You know, like, like you, you just, you wonder what they consistently think about other things in their life. You know, if, 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 that, if that basic thing of, oh, I got to be here, this sucks. You know, this is terrible. How do they consistently think in their life? And I love what you said there. You just beautifully brought that out. Like, I can't believe that that person doesn't have some gratitude and things like that. Let's step aside, take another quick break. When we come back. I want to bring this home. And, and Blake is absolutely the right guy to talk about consistency personally marrying with professionally and Blake works with business owners that their personal and professional lives kind of synchronize together. And we'll finish with that topic here on this special series, people buy from people series on the intentional encourager podcast. Hey everybody, Brian Sexton want to tell you about my new book, people buy from people, 10 powerful people lessons from the ultimate people person, my dad, my dad was one of the greatest connectors that I ever knew. And he shared with me 10 connecting principles that I have used throughout my 25-year sales and sales management, customer engagement, and leadership career that I'm passing along to you. If you want to be a stronger deeper and more powerful connector. You've got to pick up a copy of People Buy From People. There are concepts in there that you may not realize help make you a power connector. You can go to Amazon and pick it up, Kindle if you're an e-reader and you like to do it that way, or now available on Audible. And there's one other way you can get a copy of People Buy From People. You can get one from me and I'll sign it for you. You go to intentionalmediaandpublishing at gmail.com and send me an email. And I'll share with you the link on how you can get a signed copy. You can buy a signed copy directly from me. Again, people buy from people. If you want to connect like never before, pick up your copy today of people buy from people. And now let's get back to more great conversation here on the Intentional Encourager podcast. 
Blake, you get to work with all different types of people, business owners, things like that. I'm going to go here for just a second. Is consistency in their business life a reflection of their consistency in their personal lives? I've had people tell me that they have like their work personality and their home personality. And I almost, I kind of think about this as like, do you I mean, do you have multiple personality disorder? Cause what I've seen I wish my- Mrs. Blake Benz were in the <laughs> background here right now. Your sweet wife is, she is a sweetheart. She is, um, no wonder you're the kind of guy that you are. You've got, I, I you've got such a good wife. Man. And, and, I definitely owe her credit for sure. And listen, listen, not to, not to jump the shark here or anything like that. But since we last spoke to you on the Intentional Encourager podcast, you now have a little girl. So that's, you know, again, you've been busy in the last 12 months, my friend. You know, that's right. Yeah. Yes. I don't know if I've gotten as much sleep as other people have. but <laughs> Your sleep pattern is inconsistent, yeah. right? She, she is coming up to one year of birth and being a dad is the most incredible thing. Um, and I am so grateful for my wife and the support that she constantly gives me. Uh, I mean, she's my biggest fan. I mean, she's she is incredible. And getting back to your question on that person you are at home and the person you are in business, I think that business sometimes draws things out of us that we don't always have an opportunity in our personal life to share. And I think that's what's so exciting sometimes about your career is you start to, especially people who maybe they're younger and they're trying different uh, industries out, they're trying different jobs out. It can be very exciting to realize, oh, I, I didn't know that was a thing that I was passionate about. So like me, for example, I didn't go to school for business. I went to school for a biology degree and I was, I was planning on being a doctor. And then I ended up being a high school teacher. And then it was through like having really bad bosses that I got into the business world and was like, wow, I really like this. And it makes a lot of sense to me. So I, I don't think you're always the same person. However, these people who talk about who they are at work and who they or at home are totally different. I, I don't know how true that is. I, I think that the personality you bring to the table, the way you choose to do your work, uh, you've heard the expression, probably how you do one thing is how you do everything. I think that's somewhat true. You know, the, the, the diligence and the passion that I bring to work, I'm going to probably bring that to my home life. And if I'm not going to do that, it's probably a sign of dysfunction in my own life rather than it's just a different person, a different personality or what have you. So I think, I think there's more connection there than maybe we like to admit. Well, and here's the thing too, and and we'll kind of bring this home from here. Talk about being a new father. My, my son's 20, he'll be 21 in September. What has being a new father taught you about consistency? I, I think, I think about, I think about, and she's so young. I mean, she's 11 months old, but I think about the perception I want her to have about the world, about people. And there's things that I'm very passionate about. So for example, I really want her to be empathetic. I want her to be empathetic and I want her to really care about people who are less fortunate. Uh, and I, I think about how does that play out? How, what does that look like to teach that into her? And so part of how I show up every day in the back of my mind, I'm thinking about, okay, how is my personality communicating to her how things are, how things should be? And so in wanting her to be really empathetic, you know, when she is, for example, I mean, she's a baby. She doesn't know how to communicate. I mean, when she's uncomfortable, she cries. When she doesn't like something, she cries. When she's upset, she cries. And I can approach that one of two ways. I could say, hey, you know, suck it up. You're fine. 
And some parents do that. And I, you know, I don't really have an opinion on it, but I could even be, you know, she could be on the floor crying and I'd be like, you know, you're fine, whatever. And I could even just walk out the room and be like, she'll be okay. Or I could pick her up and give her a kiss on the forehead and say, Hey, what's going on? What's happening? And that's the approach that I've taken because even on the days that I feel impatient, I feel frustrated, I feel exhausted because I've been through some meetings for my own business. I try to bring that same perspective of empathy to her because I want her to get that from me whenever she is having a tough day or a hard day thinking about how do I show up with empathy. Uh, and so it's, it's something that's important to me. It's something that I want to ingrain into her. And so despite how I feel, I try to consistently put that to the forefront of our interactions together, hopefully on a daily basis. And we'll know. Wait till she's a teenager. (laughs) You you, you walk in a room, she's crying. You walk in and say, we'll give her 20 years to know if it actually worked or not. I mean, we could be doing a follow up, follow up, follow up episode in about 20 years. And I'll say, Hey, I was way off. Um, Well, here's the thing too. Wait till she goes to get married. You'll be the one in the floor crying. (laughs) <laughs> Probably and true, then Joy yeah. will have to come over to you and go, it's okay, honey, because you'll you'll see the you'll have the credit card bills for the wedding and you'll be like, why? You Man, know? we're we're enamored with her, right? So I I would say she's never gonna get married, she's never gonna move out. We're just gonna keep her here forever. And uh Joy's you know. dad said the same thing about you, man. You know, uh, then you I'm come sure. and take his daughter, you know. <laughs> so I mean it's I love but, it. but no, it's the consistency. I, I love what you said there because if, if you don't understand that your kids see everything mm-hmm. through you, yep. you are their view of the world. Like, like my son has told me at times, he's like, well, dad, I do this this way because you did it this way. And I would do, I do stuff like that. And my dad, my son would say, why do you do I'm like, well, your pap did it like that. I mean, you know, I didn't, I don't know how else to, to kind of be that way. We can show our kids inconsistency. And I listen, full disclosure, I have shown my kids my kid inconsistency. I have been at times inconsistent with him and had to say, look, man, I'm sorry. Like I screwed this up. I messed up. I, I was in I told you one thing and I did something else. Why do you think in business? Let's go here for a quick second. Why do you think that that in business? It's easy for a business owner at times to say, do as I say, not as I do. They're not showing that consistency when a lot of times a great business owner would say, do it this way. And I'm going to show you by modeling consistency in front of you. I think one of the biggest challenges for us is personal growth and development. And it's not necessarily modeled to us at a young age, unless we have good mentors around us. You know, all about the thing that's all about personal growth is this discomfort between the tension of who I want to be and who I actually am. So, like what you just said, you try to model consistency for your son, and then he realizes, hey, you didn't really do that. Well, now you're feeling that tension of, okay, if I'm going to show up the right way next time, I really need to grow in this area. I need to be more patient. I need to be more committed. I need to be a better time manager, whatever the thing is. I think sitting in that and recognizing that you need to grow, that's something that we all have to go through. Some people though, whether they haven't, whether because they haven't done it before, or it hasn't been taught to them, or they're just egocentric, 
we just don't always want to grow as people. And so there's a great book called Good to Great that talks about really the difference between that great boss and the person you just mentioned who says one thing and does something else. It's someone who is tying it all the way back to earlier in our conversation, someone who's willing to look in the mirror and realize it's not working and it's probably my fault. And Good to Great even gives the analogy of the window in the mirror where the author says a good leader, when things are going well, looks out the, looks out the window and says, hey, my employer's doing a great job. That's really awesome. I'm really proud of them. And when things don't go well, they look in the mirror and they say, what have I not done well? Bad leaders get it backwards because it's uncomfortable to look in a mirror and say, it was probably my fault. In fact, I had someone on the podcast a couple of years ago who was a dentist. He runs this incredible dentist practice out in uh, Palo Alto, California. And he's in his second decade of running the business. But after his second year, he was on the brink of bankruptcy. I mean, it was about to fall apart. I mean, his employees hated him. Customers weren't happy with the business. And we went on in the story and I went back to that point and I said, hang on, hang on. You skipped over this. What was the difference between you know, the first two years in the rest of the business where now you're flourishing. And he said, Blake, I realized that 99% of the problems I was facing was my fault. And I just started to own that. That's the magic of consistency is it's up to me to learn, grow and develop and show up every day rather than it's someone else's fault. It's someone else's problem. It's because of them, because of that, what have you. Uh, that personal responsibility and ownership and leaning into the discomfort of, I don't have it all together. That's crucial for any business owner to be successful. I love what you said. They're leaning into the discomfort and I'm writing this down of knowing that you don't have it all together. That, that is, that is so good because the biggest thing at times, Blake, that we can do is kind of fake it till we make it. And, 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 you know, you just want to say, yeah, I've got this. I, I had a sales guy that did that to me. He's like, oh, I got that. I would say to him, I'm like, man, you need to get that corrected. Oh, I got it. I got, I, you know, yeah. <laughs> and then most of, and then I would have to go back and fix the mess. I've got two more questions to ask you. Would you take me through the biggest obstacle that you faced in your life or your, your business around consistency? and the lesson you learn from it. I think the biggest obstacle in my life has been, and it's something that I think a lot of people can relate to, it's the mental game of imposter syndrome. Am I the right person to be talking about this? Am I the right person for my customer to be paying? Do I really understand this or is it a fluke? Is it, did I get lucky in a past circumstance? Uh, am I actually not as good at this as I thought I was? And I think, there's, there's a battle happening in your mind that, you know, if you're Christian, for example, you can, you can even call it a spiritual battle, but there's a constant battle between who we are capable of becoming and who we perceive ourselves to be. And think about this. I mean, you know yourself as the person who uh, all the, the flaws that you have and all these things, and that can really drive a narrative in your mind. And so for me, it's been overcoming the self-doubt and the imposter syndrome and remembering I have value to give to someone. Now, it doesn't mean that I don't need to grow my craft or be better or show up better. I mean, I have, I have customers that I don't always do a great job with. And so I walk away and think, okay, where did I miss it with that customer? And I try to grow from it. But separate from those situations, 
I have an op I have an obligation to my customers to show up on a day-to-day -day basis believing I have value to give and letting that be the narrative in my mind rather than um, am I really the right person for this? Uh, I, I think with with imposter syndrome, I don't know if we're ever going to have that person in our life who says, hey, you're so amazing at this. I'm so glad you're doing this. And other than like my wife who tells, you know, she tells me that on a day-to-day -day basis. I think a lot of times we have to sort of walk in our identity of recognizing who we are, what we have to offer, and what we bring to the table. That's probably been the most powerful thing for me to work through and navigate in my business. Or you have a 20-year-old son that goes, hey, dad. I think I'm going to start a podcast. Like, man, that's great, buddy. That's awesome. He said, yeah, it's going to be called the unintentional discourager podcast. I'm just going to give people this. <laughs> he said, I'm just going to, I'm just going to compete with you and discourage people all the time. <laughs> yeah. When you live with, when you live with the, the quick wit that I live with, it's like, you're always on your, I, your day's coming, my man. Your day <laughs> is coming. Hey, hey, Blake, man. I have loved this conversation. I would be remiss, as you know, we do on the Intentional Encourager podcast. Share with folks your biggest piece of intentional encouragement about consistency. I think getting in front of the mirror. We, we've said it a couple of times. You, you have to get in front of the mirror and have an honest, and I'm, I'm not talking about putting yourself down. I'm not saying you get in front of a mirror and you say, I'm bad at this, I'm terrible at this. It's, it's about being self-aware and then leaning into the areas that you have the potential to grow in. And something I'd even encourage you to do rather than, oh, I suck at this. I'm not good at this. And then like walking away and being like, okay, I would ask you to even dream about the areas that you want to grow in and what you envision that person being, whether that's being a better boss, a better salesperson, simply being better in business and let the energy and excitement of what's possible for you, let that drive you showing up every day and, and for me, what that looks like is I think about the people that I can help and what it means to make a difference in someone's life and their business. That's what causes me to lean into those areas and then try to grow. And the other piece with that is you have to surround yourself with truth tellers, people who are going to be honest and they're going to tell you, hey, I don't know about that. I don't, not only do I not know about that, I don't know if you're any good at that. Uh, I've had people who've lovingly told me, man, I, don't, I just don't know if that's you. Uh, and it has to be someone who's not your mom, by the way, because your mom's going to be like, oh, I love you and you're amazing at everything. Put, your, put yourself in a circle of people who can give you good advice and who can be truth tellers for you and who can help you on that professional journey of growth. Or you'd be like, yeah, my mom, you're like, yeah, you're not, you're not that terrible. <laughs> I talked to my mom the other night and I talked to my mom the other night, Blake, and she said, I was up at two 30 in the morning and I couldn't sleep. And I was like, I'll just read his book. I was like, I did at first. I didn't know how to take that. I'm like, okay, my book is a cure for insomnia. I don't, I, you know, <laughs> or, you know, but she said, I loved your book. She said, I, oh. she said, and that was really, that touched me that my mom would say that about me. Um, she's like, you did. She's like, I can't imagine how hard it was to write this book. And she's like, I'm, I'm proud of you for doing it. And man, from the bottom of my heart, I'm grateful for your friendship. You are one of the most consistent, genuine people that I know. And um, tell folks how they can get connected with the Good Advice Podcast. Every, everywhere you are, 
in your world domination of social media, my friend. <laughs> well, you got to check out the podcast. It's called the Good Advice Podcast, and it has a sub a subtext. I uh, would check out episode seventy six. There's a there's a lot of truth in that episode. Oh, that's that was my episode. Oh I'm, my gosh, yeah. that's the one I have framed on the wall. Actually, it's just a, a printout of that episode. Yeah, as the, so. as the re perfect representation of everything not to do in a podcast. <laughs> with it, with that, it was like it looked like Brian Sexton. Let's check him off the list permanently. We'll never have him back. So yeah, you would be nowhere close to that. Dude. <laughs> I've definitely had guests on before where I've thought, okay, that person needed to not ever do that again. Um, yes, yeah, so you got to check out the podcast. It's called the good advice podcast. The subtitle is do business better with Blake Benz. Cause really it's all about doing business better. We talk about management. We talk about sales, marketing, all these things that are going to help you do your business better. Just search the good advice podcast. I'm sure Brian will put it in the show notes. You can literally find it on any podcast platform. Uh, I'd say follow me on LinkedIn. It's literally linkedin.com, uh, Blake Benz, B-I-N-N-S. Uh, get on the newsletter. You can sign up on goodadvicecoaching.com. And then if you like having conversations where you want to get insights, get advice, you got to check out our growth group. We have a growth group that gets together every Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. And there's no pitching. There's no sales. There's not. I mean, we literally just talk, we take a concept and we talk about how do we do business better. Uh, that's on facebook.com slash NWA growth group. Uh, and it's open to literally anyone, anywhere in the world. But again, that's 9 a.m. on Tuesdays, Central Time. Welcome to jump into that. Yeah, I'm glad you put Central Time. I was going to do that. And NWA stands for Northwest Arkansas, not what you think it, not the other reference to, to NWA. Yeah, but uh, Northwest Arkansas. And, and again, I would encourage you, um, those Tuesday, I've been a part of several of those. I haven't had a chance to do them lately, but but that is some really good time where you can just learn from people. And, and, and there is just a ton of good advice there, a ton of good advice in this podcast, a ton of good advice in the newsletter. And I'm telling you, he has had some incredible people on the, I have a little bit of podcast envy for the, the guests that Blake has had on his show, but Blake Benz, my friend, thank you. Your endorsement of the book was incredible. And, and I'll share a quick vignette from that. Blake was, I wanted one more endorser and I'm like, and it was a V8 moment. I'm like, Blake Benz has got to be a part of this book because your impact on me has been incredible. And so that book would not have been the same without your endorsement. So thank you, man, from the bottom of my heart. Well, I, I, it's my pleasure, man. Like I said, just going through the book, you understand business, you understand sales. And I think anybody who wants to understand not just sales, but the power of relationships needs to pick up the book and read it. It's great. Yeah, you can get that on Amazon. People buy from people. Just search that on Amazon. And I have copies available. I'll throw that in the show notes. If you want to get a copy from me, I'll sign it for you uh, and, and, and do that. And, and so, Blake, thank you, man, again, for joining me today on this special edition of the Intentional Encourager podcast, the People Buy From People series. Blake, thank you, my friend. Thank you, buddy. My thanks, as always, to producer Bryce Sexton and technical advisor Matt Means. And, of course, the ultimate thanks goes to the Lord Jesus Christ, who provides intentional encouragement every day through his word. If you're not subscribed to the Intentional Encourager podcast, hit the subscribe button wherever you get podcasts so you don't miss an exciting episode where you can get encouraged and stay encouraged. And remember, anyone, anywhere, at any time, any place can be an intentional encourager.